anchors away, and off we go. Folks, we are off on a new voyage with Beef Sticks Podcast. Yes, indeed. My name is Captain Pasty. And I am Seaman Fat Mac. <laughs> Fat Seaman. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, no, this is the first episode of B6 Podcast in which we are no longer with our original provider of Spreaker. At least for the time being, we are trying out another host, a new host, and we're going to see how this works. It may be a long-term thing. It may be a short-term thing. We're going we're gonna to weigh the pros and cons. Yes, indeed. And your feedback is paramount here, folks. You let us know what you think of the sound quality, the show quality. You let us know because this is a a voyage of changes. And we're willing to make about a dozen of them each episode if we have to till we find out what works right for all of us. It's quite the voyage that we are on. And Pasty, uh, your good friend Fat Mac went on quite a voyage this week. Well, somebody went on quite a voyage, that's for sure. A fantastic voyage, if you will. Yeah, good old old man. Slide, slide, slippity slide, his, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> got his uh, very first colonoscopy this week, so it was, uh, I, I would like to say it was quite an adventure, but I mean, I went in, I went to sleep, I woke up, that was about all there was to it. <laughs> really. The, now, the two days before, the prep was not fun. Prep, not fun. No fun for the prep. But the day of was lickety split, baby. <laughs> I'm lucky that good old pasty white had uh, opened me up a, a good amount ahead of time that they just slid that shit right in. Yeah, I heard the doctor was complimenting on how easy you were to get through. Oh, it was. Usually they use this tiny little, uh, this tiny little camera on the end of a little, little like string type thing. This time they brought in like a, like a person, like a, like an actual Hollywood video. They just fucking shoosh, hit that shit right in there. I think they used reel to reel actually. <laughs> I think. They had a happy Gilmore coming and he just whack. <laughs> shot it in. It was great. No, it was uh, it was entertaining. It was exciting. It was interesting. But like I said, it was much ado about nothing. But the prep, the the two days before, were very much no fun for old Fat Mac because I had to do a uh, first. I had to do a uh, clear liquid diet, and then I had to fast, including no water. I couldn't even drink water. Like, all I could do was I could swish a little in my mouth if my mouth was dry or something, <laughs> which I ended up doing a lot. Surprise! You don't realize how much you want water in your mouth until you can't have it. So yeah, that was not fun. But yeah, it was uh, the rest of it wasn't too bad. Good, good, good. And I got to get a good sleep too because I was up the night before all night doing. I was making many trips, son. Many trips to the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> Laxatives, I take it? Oh, yeah, plenty of them. Clearing it out? Ah, nice times. I know, because I was like, I, I, I turned on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as I went to sleep, because it's just a good show to sleep to, because I enjoy it, but I know everything that's already happened, so I don't have to pay attention. And I'd, like, go to sleep, and then I'd wake up and have to shit, and it's like the episode wasn't even over that I went to sleep. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I didn't even sleep 20 minutes. <laughs> 
God damn it. God, it's like the night before Christmas. I'm telling you. And all through the house. But Pasty, before we get on to the top of the show, I just have to uh, let you know what I am uh, zipping on. And I got myself some Elysian Super Fuzz. Ooh, that sounds good. Yes, and and crock this, if you will, buddy. What if the world were an orange, a blood orange, with hop cones orbiting all around it, and it's it's all like like an atom, like like one big atom. That's what uh, that's what this is like, at least according to the can. <laughs> it's really good. It, it's 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 called a blood orange uh, pale IPA, but. I really don't taste the blood orange, which isn't a bad well, thing. Well, the hops and the citrus pair together so perfectly. It's so well. Yes. It's good stuff. And the fake Jimi Hendrix they have on the can also looks good. Cool. <laughs> Either that or a fake Lenny Kravitz. Or maybe it's the real Lenny Kravitz. You He's know, Lizzie always Jimmy. sells me on their box mascots. It's my favorite. Really? They, they seem to have fun with their beers. Oh, yeah. Yes. And probably take a fair amount of mind-expanding substances. I, when they're figuring out their branding for their newest brew. You know, I, I think that their their advertising execs seem to at least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking Nasink this week. I, I've got a colonoscopy coming up tomorrow. Oh, it's rough stuff. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just the good old H2O for pasty. You gotta stay hydrated. Gotta stay hydrated. Although, uh, lately, the craving for a Heineken case has been there, so I think that might be coming up soon. Oh. Little Heine. Get one, of the, get one of those keg cans, man. Those things are ridiculous and pointless. I just, I just want a 12-pack of glass bottles. Yeah, I know, but the keg can is fun. It's pointless, yeah. ridiculous, but fun. See? I guess the, the question would be, how long do they take? Or how long do they last? Like, long, can I keep it in the fridge for a couple months? Um, I don't know why not. It's a keg can. Yeah, but once you start tapping it, you'd think it would lose fucking carbonation. Well, I hope and... if you can't fucking handle fucking 16 ounces in one go, buddy, you're in trouble. <laughs> it's just a shot. Just a shot. That's all I go for. <laughs> it's a keg can, not a keg. It's a can. It's like 16 ounces. Well, back in the day, they used to have those big keg cans, too, though. And it was like maybe like a case of beer size keg. Yeah, but they just I, I remember I remember Strata bought one of those one time. Yeah, but and they're, that's, just called that kegs. they're not called a keg can. Those are just a keg. <laughs> they're just a smaller keg. I did a keg stand on one of those one time. That's weird. <laughs> <sighs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought, too, Fat Mac. Because of that, we're going to the top of the show. Straight to the top. Right to the top and then to the bottom. Because that's how we do here. Top to bottom. The Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame of Wichita Falls, Texas, has announced its class of 2021. The museum is still open for visitors, but it is by appointment only. The ceremony is currently scheduled for May, but things could change. This year's inductees are as follows. Pioneer Davidson, Mad Mountain Dean. Pioneer and Davidson. Carl... <laughs> <laughs> I, just I was making Pete Davidson when I was approaching it. 
<laughs> You're the king of Staten Island, baby. For the Pioneer Division, we have Mad Mountain Dean and Paul Bowser. My favorite Mario villain. Yes. For the TV era division, we have Tiger Conway Sr. and Jose Lothario. The trainer of uh, HBK. Nice. In the modern era division, we have Tony Atlas and Wildfire Tommy Rich. Ow! Stay out of California, Tommy. <laughs> In the women's division, I would assume it just says women's. They, they don't get the extra word. Just women's. Just Judy, women. <laughs> Judy Martin and Juanita Kaufman. Yes, Juanita Kaufman. I just want to take a second to give her a little shout out because she not only was she one of the first uh, women back in the day, uh, she was wrestling back in the the 30s and 40s, but she was a uh, a Cherokee, uh, a Cherokee native. So big ups to her on being one of the first uh, Native American women to actually go out there and grapple in the sport Hell yeah. professionally. Good stuff. I hope she smokes a little weed with a name like that. That's all I got to say. Right. <laughs> the international division is represented by Leo Burke. The executive div- division is Don Owen. In the tag team division, we have the Rock and Roll Express. That's Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton. Of course. Of course. In the territory era, Skandor Akbar. And referee being inducted, Ronnie West. Yes, such a, a really good class. I love how they, they knock it down through various divisions and timelines and eras. Something WWE would be uh, would be smart to do instead of doing like eight '80s wrestlers and then the next month, next year doing like eight '90s wrestlers and yeah, uh, I, I kind of like that and I like that they have a physical Hall of Fame and I would love to visit it sometime if I'm ever around the Wichita Falls, Can- uh, Texas area. Yeah, I wish it was Kansas because I'd probably <laughs> get to go see it sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's really cool. That's that's kind of badass. It's good to see them get recognition. I, I love all these. I love these pro wrestling hall of fames because they're all so varied. And when you get away from the WWE one, they seem to really care about impact and sport at least. Yes, indeed. No, I like that. I like that. I recognize a good handful of these names, just barely. There's a couple that I definitely know. And then there's a lot that I have no idea. Uh, and it's just, uh, I, I, you know, it's cool. It is good. It is good. There's names, you know, I've never heard of Mad Mountain Dean and Paul Bowser. So that's kind of badass. And then there's names like Tony Atlas and Rock and Roll Express that I'm sure everybody listening knows. Yeah. Then there's the ones like Judy Martin and Skandar Akbar that maybe a good amount of people listening know, but some maybe don't. Don Owen, I know he's big if you know the wrestling business, but I suppose if you only know the in-ring action, probably not. So it's really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. And you know, Pasty, making an impact on the business is uh, is kind of the apex of this week in pro wrestling history. <laughs> and this week we're going to the 90s. Fat Mac and Pasty's heydays. And we go to January 20th. 
1997, where three titles are unified in All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling in Tokyo, Japan. The WWWA World Champion Kyoko Inao defeats International Wrestling Association and All Japan Wrestling All Pacific Champion Tekako Inao. No relation. They just have the same last name. <laughs> she unified those titles. And this began Anao's third reign as All-Pacific Champion and second as IWA Champion. Kyoku held the belts until she vacated them on May 11th, dissatisfied that a match between her and Kuro Ito ended in a 60-minute time limit draw. At that same event, Kumiko Mekawa and Tomoko Watanabe win the WWWA World Tag Team title from Mima Shimoto and Manami Toyota. And uh, fun fact, Manami Toyota is Fat Max's all-time favorite female wrestler. Go look up her matches, folks. You will not be disappointed. Excellent. I like to not be disappointed. And therefore, I was pleasantly surprised to watch Impact Hard to Kill last weekend. And boy, howdy, they are hard to kill. I tell you what. For uh, for folks that thought they wouldn't last a year, they've sure made an impact, no pun intended, to the wrestling world. Definitely, definitely they have. And this seems to be like a brand new beginning for Impact. I don't know how many times we've had to say that since we've started doing this podcast. Right. But it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But I think each new era seems to get a little bit better. Maybe this last one was a little less, but this is COVID era, and wrestling isn't what wrestling should be. Correct. I will say right off the bat here, they didn't have crowd in attendance. They didn't have wrestlers at ringside. They did have piped-in crowd noises. At first, I was unsure of this, but by about the middle, maybe the second, third match, I was like, holy shit, I like this. It's like a sitcom, but... In the best way, you know what I mean? Right, and and it didn't feel like they overused it, you know? No. To yeah. sell things that you know that, you know the fans watching at home wouldn't like, but there's nothing but cheers, so that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was used properly, and, and I'd say out of all the setups, AEW's setup with fans and wrestlers at ringside, with WWE's visual boards of people and, and piped in noises. This has probably been my favorite one. I kind of forgot about there not being people there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to say right off the bat, um, the team of Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown did a decent job. I thought, yeah, um, not, not my favorite. And, you know, I mean, I think like any duo, if they, if they are going to stick with these two term. You know, hopefully they'll get chemistry as they go, but it, was, it wasn't bad. It was decent. Has D'Lo had commentary experience anywhere else? Not that I know of. I mean, he was a backstage agent uh-huh. in uh, both WWE and Impact. But as far as actual commentating, no. I did notice, though, that his voice every now and then sounded like Taz to me. And I was like, I yeah. think, Taz is, I think Taz is there. <laughs> no, it wasn't Taz. No, I think I can get behind their team. They need to figure out how to work together a little bit better, and D'Lo needs to maybe crack off a shell or two. Um, but uh, but overall, I think, especially if that was his first like full-on time commentating, I think D'Lo did very well. Matt Stryker's been a commentator. That's nothing new. Right. Um, and he's never one of my favorites. I'm just going to be honest. 
he's not one of the worst ones though either. He's no, definitely he's like he's definitely like your run of the road middle middle kind of commentator guy. Agree. I definitely agree. And D'Lo has you know the the background of being a veteran. Of course, Matt Stryker, a former pro wrestler himself. Don't take anything away from that. But D'Lo, you know, was in the business for a long time and through the Attitude Era, which says a lot. And he's gone through he's gone through a lot, such as, you know, he broke uh, Darren Drozdov's neck. And that's got to be a huge thing for a pro wrestler. So that's something that he's gone through that maybe he can uh, he can sympathize with injuries a little more than other folk, perhaps. Plus. If they're planning on bringing back aces and eights, he's positioned perfectly to rejoin the, the group. Oh, 100. I think that's a thing that a lot of people have overlooked a little bit. But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're really excited for this aces and eights, aren't you? I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I Honestly, I'm happy with, you know, the, the Bullet Club. We'll get to that at the main <laughs> event. I guess it's too early to talk about it. But I'm just, I'm happy with what we have right now. But if it was that versus aces and eights, good God, that'd be epic. That's all I got to say. So <laughs> let's start it off here um, with, uh, I, we're just going to go with the pre-show, which was uh, the the debuting, the most professional wrestler, Brian Myers, defeating Josh Alexander of the North. Yes. I did uh, kind of catch this one. I actually did also just because it was kind of thrown together on the card and wasn't really separated as a pre-match in the the viewing that I viewed. Yeah. <laughs> if I should say. Um, man, it was it was a pre-show. <laughs> I got to name people know. I mean, it works, I guess, for what I think they wanted it for. And Brian Myers finally got a win. That's good for him. Albeit yeah. at the expense of Josh Alexander. I know, that's where I'm at. I'm like, I'd rather see Josh Alexander <laughs> over somebody who uh, more mainstream. Josh Alexander is not my favorite North member, though. That's that's for sure. Well, y'all share a name. Uh, yeah. Alexander. That's, that's actually my name and Professor Fresh's name smashed together. There you it's go. awesome. If we had a baby, he'd wear a fucking headgear and I'd slap him. That <laughs> <laughs> got me off guard. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what he's wearing the headgear for, right? It's protection. Apparently, yeah. I mean, you gotta take care of it. <laughs> it's like telling me I ain't gonna wail this rubber ball at my kid's face from across the room. It's a rubber ball. That's what it's for. Damn right, I'm gonna. <laughs> Joking. Unless they throw it first. Uh, then we get into the main card and we kicked it off with the mixed tag match, seeing the return of Decay, the team of Rosemary and Crazy Steve, defeating Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. What'd you think? It was good. I like Decay. I'm glad they're back. Um, it was a good match way to start the show it's not the best thing it's not the reason we were all there but it definitely was entertaining you know you got decay and the k you gotta love it <laughs> no very fun character work um from from caleb from Tanil, crazy steve oh my god crazy steve looked like he's really been yeah up or something like i feel 
he's really trying this run and not just doesn't just want to rely on his gimmick. He was putting on some, he was fluid. He was smooth, I guess I should say. Yeah. I think I was mostly happy to see their entrance again. I love that theme song. I love the entrance. I just love their character work and just, uh, Bray Wyatt, leave WWE and go to impact. <laughs> Another I'm sure thing, this would give you his blessing. Right. <laughs> Another thing that really stood out to me was this is, a much better tag match than we're used to getting with these mixed tag scenarios. Well, it's impact. What and do you expect that? Yeah. I think that's what it is. You got the quick tags, you got the double team moves, you got keeping folks uh, in one, one corner away from the other team, you know, with, with impact being one of the only major promotions to feature actual intergender fighting. I think it helped that when this tag may tag, when a tag was made, I should say, it didn't stop the flow of the match where, you know, both males had to exit, both yeah. females had to come in. You tag a female, she starts wailing on the male. You know, you tag a male, he starts wailing on. I like it. I do have one knock, and it's just that I didn't think there was a lot of storytelling going on here. Uh, but there was a lot of a lot of energy and over the top antics, especially by Rosemary. I think she was really yeah. in it all. Um, but wasn't much storytelling and I don't know where they're going with Tennille Dashwood because she is very talented. She's very, very talented, but on this roster of women, I don't see her at the top top. I don't know. No, no, not even really close. So she, she is in this division deservedly where she was undeservedly in WWE. Right. I, yeah, I think that's perfect. So I'm thinking maybe, if she uh, can get a partner and make a run with the knockouts tag titles that just were brought back on this pay-per-view, I think maybe that would help her to get a good team team member. And maybe that's somewhere that she could focus and be highlighted. But yeah, um, she is. I mean, she's super talented. It's just, it's, I mean, this is the best women's division in wrestling right now. So outside of all women's division or uh, pr- promotions. So, well, then maybe Tennille gets traded to AEW, where she would probably flourish more. You know what I mean? That yeah. would be another smart move. If you're working together, you got to be willing to make those swaps. And I think she could do better in AEW. It's hard to tell. We still don't know what AEW is doing with yeah. their Yeah. But this this match also did make me excited for the, for the working relationship between the two companies. Because, of course, Tony Khan already said we're not going to get mixed gender matches in AEW. But that doesn't mean we can't have AEW wrestlers in a mixed gender match on Impact. Right. You know? So that's cool. Yeah, that is a plus. Another plus. Mm-hmm. Impact plus. Impact Buy plus. It now. <laughs> yeah. Um, then on, our, on to our next match. This is a pasties match here. Yes, old school rules, six man tag where uh, Eric Young, Diener and Joe Doring defeated Cousin Jake, Rhino and Tommy Dreamer. Yes, I picked Tommy Dreamer's team because I have to, because I don't have a choice. Because you're a masochist just like him. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's damn true. (laughs) I will say I looked over at one point and Tommy Dreamer was hitting a very smooth and eloquent looking stun gun. That was fun to see. Yeah, actually it was. And you know, this was, this was an all right match. I like the fact that I, I think they, they kept it in just enough or they kept it in enough so that it definitely didn't overshadow 
or compete with the barbed wire massacre match that was going to be later in the night. Mm-hmm. So they kept the violence, you know, to to a minimum, but enough to to make it worth being an old school rules. It's Tommy Dreamer level violence. That's what it is. Yeah, and you know, Dreamer and Rhino, they they catch a lot of crap, and even from me, I mean, I'll admit it. But they have a considerable amount of credibility from their years as hardcore wrestlers. So, you know, you Fat know, Mac, I think you and I could take them. We probably could. <laughs> we just got to get Rhino down quick and Tommy Dreamer will be easy. But I do think the fact that uh, that these young guys were this, this, this new faction was able to... Uh, to take out these guys. I think it gives them some credibility. This, this violent by design faction that I don't know if I'm behind. Um, Cause really Joe Doring's the only one I really, really like in that. But Eric Young is a good leader and a good mid card guy. So you got to do something with Eric Young. I love me some Eric Young. Joe Doring, I think is the standout. His, uh, if anybody's seen his work in all, J- all Japan, he's a, he's a slobber knocker. But um, but the, the one thing that really made me scratch my head, Pasty, is why have Cousin Jake take the pin when, uh, you know, he's probably the only one who could right. have really benefited from being spared. Dreamer or Rhino could take the, the pin. And like I said, they're, they're, they're legends. It's not going to hurt them. Uh, so it kind of, I, I don't understand Cousin Jake. I was honestly the- surprised Cousin Jake didn't turn on Dreamer and Rhino. Enjoying his cousin, yeah. I don't know, but I, do I guess know. maybe that was would be too obvious. But I do know that Joe Joe uh, um, Joe Doring looked badass. He was unstoppable, and uh, when he was uh, shaking off the chair shots and then laid out all three opponents at one time, I was like, "This oh, is fuck yeah, this is Japanese strong style. This is what Joe Doring has to offer. Impact wrestling is this strong style." Um, I liked it. Um, probably one of my least favorite matches of the night in all honesty, but, <laughs> but it, it served its purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like, you know, at least one worse match, <laughs> kind of a match, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the knockout tag team championships. No, no, that was, that was fire. <laughs> that was fire and flavor, baby. <laughs> well, that was our next match, Fat Mac, and that's uh, Fire and Flavor. Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles defeating Havoc and Nevea. God, are they beastly. I can't get over that. Havoc and Nevea? Yeah. Oh, they are a couple of beasts. Dude, Havoc, Nevea, and Nyla Rose would make an amazing faction. Oh, hell yeah. It would be probably too good because I don't, I don't know you could have any way to beat them. <laughs> right? <laughs> Bring uh, bring Awesome Kong back as like a, a manager or something and holy shit. Hell yeah. Get Vicky Guerrero the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was nonstop, super energetic. This this is a perfect way to reintroduce the knockouts tag titles, I think. Yes. Honestly, these four. Um, yes, very much so. It was definitely the the fast and technical, tech, quick minded versus the brutal beasts. Yeah, Nevaeh and Havoc they they powered down Hogan and Steels, um, but you know, but they came out with their their bursts of energy and, and athleticism when they needed to. Yeah, and the same can be said with Fire and Flava. Um, 
you know, like you said, they were the more quick and, and technical, but they proved resourceful and they ended up hitting some uh, power moves when they needed to hit them. And they found the opening and to win the titles. I mean, to me, I think this match was to solidify Fire and Flava as the future, the kind of the standard bearer of the knockouts tag division. And I hope this isn't something like uh, where WWE had, you know, their very first women's tag champions in forever dethroned in what three months or something stupid yeah. like that. I, I hope not. And um, I think it was a right call for them to win. We both picked them. They have so much charisma together. I think that's the best thing. They're good in uh-huh. the ring, but they got charisma. Their entrance is just fire. It's hard to deny how great Havoc and Nevaeh are for sure. Um, these these two teams, they got more matches ahead of them. And uh, Impact this week even set up another one, but I think more than just that. I can watch these two teams go at it a few times. Yes, indeed. No, it was a fun ride, and I'm, I'm excited that the Knockouts Tag Team Championships are back. I'm glad they're being defended by a very solid team, and I'm looking forward to the future of that division. And then, Pasty, we got a uh, we got a match. Yeah, we did. We got Matt Cardona defeating Ace Austin by disqualification when Ace Austin came out and uh, just kind of bitched like he does. He's a, he's Cost a great me the fucking ultimate tiebreaker win by not being Moxley, but whatever. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, um, you know, I'll never forgive him for that one. Matt Cardona, he's he's still a prominent figure in wrestling. He's recognizable, beloved by fans, um, and, and he has a lot to offer any company, you know, other than probably WWE and AEW that takes him. But it's Ace, sad that WWE didn't do more with him. The dude's got the look. Yeah. And he's over. Yeah. He is over. But Ace Austin, I think he's at the cusp of being an MJF level heel. At least very, very much an impact. He has so much upside. I don't understand why they used Ace Austin in this role. But if they could be facing maybe a long-term feud. That's what I'm uh, thinking. Ace and, and a former WWE United States champ. And if Ace Austin comes out on top, you know, I, I might be behind that. Um, this one was just here. It was only two minutes and 30 seconds. I could have went without it, but, you know, it was here. And Matt Cardona is officially signed to Impact now, I do believe, officially right? Officially correct. Yes. He is so a- I guess that's one of the cool things we get out of this uh, mishmash of AEW and Impact. Um, I think... Cardona's probably better off in AEW. Probably. You got too many names to work with in Impact as is. Then he came in with the, oh, I was Cody Rhodes' best friend thing. You you meant AEW, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, I knew what you meant. I (laughs) wanted to clarify for those keyboard warriors that want to complain and, you know, type up, oh, you know, he said... You know, and those keyboard warriors can definitely do that at facebook.com slash podcast. Let us know when pasty screws up. Yes. But if Fat Max screws up, just let it slide, baby. Let it let slide. Let it slide, slide, slippity slide. <laughs> You've been listening to Colonoscopy and we on a ride. been listening to too much Coolio, baby. Come along and ride. It's been stuck in my head since I was editing podcast titles for the transfer, and I got to Titus World Slide. <laughs> I can't help it. I gotta love it. 
That's great. Yes. That was a good episode. Go back and listen to it. In the archives. Yes. No, excited to see Matt Cardona on the roster. Kind of worried how quickly he's going to become the champion. But uh, I don't know. If something happened down the line where, where Kenny Omega took Rich Swan's championship and Matt Cardona was the guy to bring it back to Impact, that would be okay in my book, I suppose. Yeah, 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 I hear that. That'd be a- I think they, I, I'm interested to see those two in the ring together. Uh, which two are we talking? Cardona and Omega. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's not at the top of my dream list, but... No, it's something I never knew I wanted, but now that it's on the table, I'm like, that That looks good. Yeah, kind of like a colonoscopy. I never knew I wanted once I was laying on that table. <laughs> now it's got me curious if I want a colonic. I'm like, God, maybe I can handle a colonic. I wonder how there good you go. I can. They're supposed to, like, really make you feel good, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I got a garden hose if you want to come over. We're going to hit up the, the slip and slide, the slide, slide, go. slip and slide. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep the theme going. Keep to the theme. Oh, where are we at, Pasty? I just don't know. It's the three-way for the X Division Championship match. Seeing Manic defeating Chris Bay and Rohit Raju. He was demasked. He was. And um, before I get into the match... Um, I don't know if you caught impact this week, but, um, Rohit Raju and, um, TJP and Scott Diamore backstage and Rohit Raju's bitching. He's like, it's not legal. He, he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to be able to f- wrestle for the championship. And, and Diamore's like, well, he, TJP didn't wrestle for it. Manic did. But TJP is manic. Well, yes, we know TJP is manic. You've been saying that for the last three weeks. Everybody knows. What do you think? We don't have the Impact Plus app? Of course we know it's him. He's <laughs> just sitting there pissed. And then, and, uh, and then DMR is like, you know what? If it really bothers you that much, if you want, next week, you and manic one-on-one in the ring. And Rohit's like, thank you. That's all I wanted. Thank you. He leaves the room. DMR looks over at TJP and he's like, should I tell him it's a non-title match? (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of like where this is. I like this old TJP Rohit Raju deal going on. It's good shit too, because going into it, Rohit's like, all I got to do is take his mask off and prove it's TJP and then he can't be in the match anymore. And then TJP had his face painted up underneath it. So you still couldn't tell, (laughs) although I knew. Well, yeah. And I mean, all of his tattoos didn't hurt either right yeah well the hair (laughs) the hair sticking out over the mask that that that's what gave it away for me it's not even i don't know tjp's tattoos but i know (laughs) the hairstyle yeah but no this this was good i think uh you know these three in in particular have wrestled an awful damn lot lately singles matches three ways tags tv specials but i think i think this was their best match that i have seen it was definitely good work. I'm disappointed that Chris Bay was the one to take the pin, though. I agree, but I think it, it works because I think Chris Bay is kind of the third wheel and they're going yeah. with a Rohit uh, TJP deal. Yeah, you but, could definitely tell a longer story this way. 
And you can tell, though, I mean, you can obviously tell that these three have worked together so much because they had great chemistry. And I, I think the the matches I've seen between them, they don't tell this. They don't have the same match every time. They don't tell the same story every time. They mix it up. I think it's awesome. Sequences were strong. Chemistry, undeniable. And um, I, I like the way that uh, that Manic winning further pisses off an already unhinged Rohit Raju. And um, I'm kind of like you. The last note I have on this, Pacey, though, is I, 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 I was kind of upset that Bay didn't factor as heavily into this at all and that he took the pin. But I do think he was kind of the glue that helped hold this together. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he, he they played a pivotal role in the match. He, he, it makes sense, and it was good times, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope Rohit Raju comes up with some kind of alternate persona to try to get under TJP's skin a little bit. Well, he could start dressing up as a suicide. I don't know what he's doing suicide <laughs> right now or what happened. He was back for a moment. There was suicide and manic for a moment, and now it's just manic. So it's like, yeah, that'd be. <laughs> it's neat to see what they're going to do. I like the way that the creative uh, for impact just works. It's fun. It's a probably the funnest working environment in pro wrestling. I would say. I think it's the most entertaining pro wrestling show right now. Yeah. At least, just in my opinion, and everybody likes different things. You know, mm-hmm. it's not always there to be taken seriously. No, and I appreciate that. But then there are matches that they take super seriously, like uh, the one we're going to talk about next, Pacey, the knockout oh, championship yeah. match. Deanna Perrazzo kept a tight grip on her belt, defeating Taya Valkyrie in a hell of a match. To the chagrin of Pasty. Man, I thought Taya was going to get it back. I can't take anything away from Deanna Perrazzo, though. She's She's excellent. And it does make sense to have the younger, newer face of the company represent the company when the company goes to war against another company. That was uh, a lot of times you said company, local. I know. Uh, I, I do. I just, I don't know. I want to see more Taya Valkyrie. I want to see her have more solid runs wherever she is before the end of her career. I know she's got time in her, but she's been around a long, a good minute, too. She has. She's quite a, a young veteran, if you will. Um, she's a Canadian who, you know, worked her ass off in Mexico and got quite the quite the following there before even coming up to the States and wrestling. Um, but, you know, Pasty Perrazzo, she's at the point of her career. I think that she instantly makes a match better just by being in it. I think she, mm. she elevates the quality because of her wrestling ability. I mean, between because of what she does in between the ropes. And when you think about it, I looked it up while I was watching this. Actually, I looked it up shortly after I was watching this. She's only 26. She's only 26. She has the potential to have one of the greatest careers in women's wrestling history. The potential. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's she's got the, the skills. She's got the charisma, the arrogance, the look. And Valkyrie, you know, as most people know, I, I love her. I, I I love her to death. Uh, she has a celebrated career before even coming to the States. And she was, uh, and to this day, the longest reigning champion in knockouts history. So, you know, this is two of the best of the best of the best. Match was great. Um, it helped tell, it helped having the story behind it of the champion picking apart her opponent's leg Working over Taya, Taya fighting through the pain, 
And then when Taya finally ended up tapping out, I I didn't feel any less of Taya. I think this is a perfect example of how you make somebody look stronger in defeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I had more respect for Taya after she tapped out than before. And it suits it suits uh, the virtuosa. You know, I think Impact is going to be smart to keep her towards the top and and do good things with her. Don't let her run off like uh, Tessa ended up doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my biggest worry because uh, I feel like Deanna's push has been very Tessa Blanchard-esque. Mm-hmm. Minus the, the intergender matches, of course, but... Right. But she's being raised to the point where I feel like Tessa was, and that's, I don't know. Didn't Deanna Pirazzo not last in WWE because of injury? Yeah. That's the scary part. That's when she left. Yeah, she left during injury, and then I th- actually I think she was. She was injured future, like twice, wasn't she? I think she was future endeavored while out injured is what the deal yeah. was. But, um, but pasty, you know, if you're. But if you're, pasty. <laughs> pasty but. Um <laughs> If if you're you're worried about uh, Taya Valkyrie wanting to see more Taya Valkyrie on this week's Impact Wrestling, it was discovered that she was the person responsible for Johnny Bravo getting shot. She is the one who concocted the whole thing. She was jealous of him marrying um, Rosemary, and um, she got arrested. <laughs> so there's obviously a storyline that's going to be going here. Um, Rosemary gave her a big hug and kiss before she left and her and crazy Steve were like, well, this is, she said to crazy Steve, this is why we don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's this storyline is still going on with Taya and Rosemary and Johnny Bravo. And uh, something's going to happen here. I'm not sure what, but something's going to happen. It's awesome. That's just, that's so good. That's the, that, that's the shit we need more of in wrestling. Honestly, just the bizarre, what the fuck. And let me tell you, Fat Mac, we got the bizarre and the what the fuck in our next match. <laughs> you sure did. Woo. It was a cinematic match seeing the karate man murder Ethan Page. I think this match had every great Kung Fu movie trope ever oh it certainly did <laughs> it was fantastic yeah we got the uh the showdown between all ego ethan page and the alter ego karate man this was a really fun farewell to page's impact wrestling run i think and at a moment right now when cobra kai is so hot and mortal Kombat yeah. is coming back you yep. this they, they did it great you know, Paige portrays both characters. I mean, obviously, he created the Karate Man on YouTube long before they brought him onto Impact. But uh, he brought the funny, surreal. It, it was like straight out of a video game. And we had the crazy landscapes. We seen the the, the bicycle kick, like you said earlier, <laughs> from the Luke. It was a bicycle Luke kick Kane's Luke Kang would have been yeah. proud of. I think the and sound was there, too. It was perfect. It was, it was, it was awesome. And then it ended with a uh, classic fatality, the old school Sub-Zero rip the heart out fatality. Yeah. So interesting, fun. You know, I give Impact credit for going full comedy on this instead of maybe trying to blur the lines. I don't think Sirius would have worked at all in this case. Yeah, but no. 
With that being said, I also do think it was a little too silly for me. Um, I enjoyed it, and and it was short. I don't have a a, a, cl- a clock count on how long it was. But it was under one, five minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't sit up there for me as some of the best cinematic matches, whether funny or not. But um, it worked. I think it's got its own little niche, though. I think it this does. is very, it's very memeable. Very, you could clip it and share it to your friends on the internet, and they'd probably get a laugh out of it, whether or not they were wrestling fans. Oh, 100. You could throw that on TikTok and it would get likes or views or I don't know what TikTok does. Whatever that is. Yeah. It would get some ticks. It would get ticks. You would <laughs> have, have to, have to hit them with the shampoo. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, ticks and lice. And everything uh. else. <laughs> Anything else on this uh, this crazy conundrum? I like this match. Or- I think it's uh, it wouldn't be journalism without us reporting that after the fact. Ethan Page came out on Twitter and said that this was not the way he would have had the match go down. He wanted to do something more along the lines of the Broken Universe type cinematic match. And then with this being his last match, Impact was like, oh, no, no. And they handled the editing after he was gone. Right. So he didn't even know what it was going to be. According to him, but but like we were discussing before before the show, this could very well be a work. You know, I I don't see Ethan Page going anywhere. Maybe WWE, but anywhere else, I don't know. Well, the thing I, is, and even if he's even if he's actually burying the company because of how it turned out, I mean, he was there when they recorded it. I mean, whether right. they would have put it on some amazing green screen or not, it was silly green screen stuff. I mean, he was yeah. he was doing silly thing. He was talking silly. He did the bicycle kick. He did like these are all silly things. Like he he knew what he was doing. Right. There's no way he thought they were going to turn that into a Bruce Lay on your back and do the bicycle kick. You're not going to edit this in real shitty like Mortal Kombat, are you? (laughs) No, we'd never do that. Yeah, it's like I don't. If he is being serious, I don't know what he thought they were. What he thought it was going to look like. Right. Yeah. Not sure. Uh, And I hope if he was serious, I hope he's listening to this podcast and he knows really it's, it's not as bad as you think it is. I think this is going to go down um, as as something to be remembered in wrestling. Yeah. I think this was the best case scenario for what it was. I mean, when you have one guy competing against himself, it's going to be silly. Mm -hmm. It's hard to make it serious. I think if they really wanted to kill him, they would have drawn this out to be like a 10 minute cinematic match with the same kind of shitty editing. Right. You know, make it really long and painful, but this was, it was short. It was sweet. It was beautiful. It had everything I asked for moments after I asked for it. Right. Like I could tell like three minutes in crowdy man was pulling his fucking heart out. <laughs> and you know, and maybe Ethan page is gone for good, but the karate man could return. That's what I'm hoping. Just bring <laughs> karate man back. Ethan page is dead. Maybe maybe somebody can uh, resurrect Ethan Page and uh, what's the Johnny Bravo? Yeah, yeah. What if um, they're ghosts and they're haunting Impact <laughs> backstage? I don't care how this pans out. Any way it goes, it's amazing. You could hit them in the uh, the the lake of reincarnation, you know. <laughs> right, and Matt's Matt's back at Impact now as of this week, so that's yeah. very very possible. I just. Everything that's happening, I like the potential doors that can be opened. Don't know which ones are fake doors, but real or fake doors, they're all right by me. Right. 
And pasty boy, did they open some doors, some crazy ass doors in this next match. We had a barbed wire massacre match that may be my favorite barbed wire massacre match I've seen. Eddie Edwards defeated the draw, Sammy Callahan. Yes. Holy shit. Pasty, can, I, can I ask you what your favorite weapon was? And I want to see if it was the same as mine. <sighs> Well, if you have to think about it, it's not the same as mine. It probably isn't. I just, I like the setup of the ring, first and foremost. Oh, yeah. I like that they had the one side that was a cage kind of wall. Chain link fence there. Uh Uh-huh. When you were talking about barbed wire ropes, though, I kind of anticipated a little bit more like three barbed wire ropes going all the way around the ring and not just some barbed wire wrapped around the ropes. Well, it has been in the past. This one yeah. is a very different one than I've ever they've yeah. never had the, the chain link fence there. They had the uh, chain, which was which added some extra uh, um, danger. They had the chain going across the opposite side of the chain link fence, and that had, of course, the signature weapons, the baseball bat. And the kendo stick. Pasty, my favorite weapon, though, was the barbed wire wrapped Nintendo 64 controller. Yes. <laughs> that was. That's, you know, very few times, every now and then, we're like, God, I've never seen that be used. God, I've never seen that be used. I've never seen a barbed wire Nintendo 64 controller used before. <laughs> you know, a Nintendo 64 controller would probably hurt enough on its own. Oh, those things are vicious. <laughs> I mean, if you had to, if you had to look at all of the console controllers and say which would hurt the worst in a fight, it's easily the N64. It's a Nintendo Switch Joy-Con. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm going to take the bump on anyway. I've had one of those thrown at my face and they hurt. <laughs> I mean, not purposely thrown. You got to use the strap, purposely. dude. That's what I said. Put your strap on. <laughs> oh, but get, but getting into the match, man. Whether whether or not you're into the hardcore wrestling. This feud, I think, deserved this kind of send-off. Yes. I mean, this has been years in the making, these two on and off again. Two years in the bow, right? Since, since, since he broke he his eye socket. Yeah, literally blinded uh, Eddie Edwards' right eye by busting him in the eye socket with a baseball bat. Um, this was awesome. It was brutal. The, the violence, raw emotion by both competitors really fit with the story. The spots, they gradually escalated both in, in impact and danger, but also the emotions escalated in anger, making for a really yeah. badass finish. Um, I think I think this should be the end of the feud, at least for now. I have no problem with later on them getting back together, but, you know, if there's one thing that this... Uh, They'll this probably whole, fucking tag team now. I mean, Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan are going to be the, uh, the new... Um, Kevin Steen and El Generico. I that's mean, exactly I think, what I was going to say. Yeah, yep. I think they're tethered together for the rest of their career, and that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. Like MJF and Brody Jr. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I gave this match an A+. I just, I, I didn't see anything that I would have personally changed. No, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and this is definitely one of the ones I'm going to go back and rewatch at least a couple of times. I know I've already got some people in mind I want to show. I got some people coming over this weekend, and uh, I want to show it off. Oh, you should. It's It's a fun ride. And then we had your main event, the interpromotional six-man tag match, seeing Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers defeat Rich Swan, Chris Saban, and Moose, which is painfully obvious when Rich Swan's original tag team partners became Chris Saban and Moose. 
Although it is kind of cool that the Impact champion and the TNA champion were both on the opposite side of the AEW champion. Yes. So that was, I, I, I must Kenny Omega is going to take both of them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this was uh this was action packed. This is a, this is a main event. This was Kenny Omega coming to the ring in a bullet club t-shirt. Yeah. Which was odd, but you know, it's hey. cool. You know, I'm all for it. Or the, the biz cliz, as they call it. <laughs> the biz cliz. Like, between the biz cliz and the band, they really need to come up with something better. Or the, what, uh-huh. what were they calling it before that? The elite club or club elite or what did they call it? Uh, I think it was the elite it? club. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think like, they've been called the elite club lately. Yeah, it's like elite club, yeah. the band. Oh, it's the band. <laughs> Biz Cliz. It's the like, artist Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. I'm He's like, part of the band. <laughs> and there's either, Elias. We need to either just not give him a name or, or find a good name and stick with it. Or even find yeah. a not great name and stick with it and we'll, we'll, we'll learn to love it. It'll grow on us. Right, yeah. Like but, Eddie Kingston's fam. Yeah, yeah, which I've still never heard anybody use that by you, but okay. <laughs> or the Bludgeon Brothers, which was like, eh, and then it's like, yeah. It was good enough. That was that was a pretty good team name. Yeah. But yeah, I thought this was great. I, I will say right off the bat, it would have been better with Alex Shelley instead of Moose, but I mean, of course it would have. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But Moose, I thought Moose shined, shined good he added, here. He added quite a bit to this match, and I, I'll, I'll give it that. Um, yeah. I've enjoyed. I enjoyed him in this match probably more than anything I've seen since he joined Impact. Or no, that top before. rope. What do you fucking do off the top rope? That was the C four. Yeah, there you go. The C four Spanish fly or whatever you want to call it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Great. It was good shit. He was. He felt motivated, fast, physical. Um, I think this is probably the first time I've been impressed by Moose, other than his stature. Right. Well, yeah, he, he, he not only hung with uh, the big LG, but he hung with the cleaner. And uh-huh. those are two very different fighting styles. Um, you know, I, I think, and probably one of the reasons Moose is here, I think they're positioning him to be the guy that uh, takes the title from Swan. And, I mean, they did a good job building him up here, but I don't, I, I don't think he looked like the big star they wanted him to be. And... I just think I think the the five other guys looked better than him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, honestly. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you do to get the moose over and and like you're in my eyes. Um, I don't know that you will. Yeah, it would, it would, it would, I don't know. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> he's just better off as the heel that that you naturally hate anyway. I don't yeah, know. It works. Um, one thing though, that, um, I like that Don Callis was trying to buy Moose off. That, that was fun. Good. Or not that trying to good. holding the contract over his head. I got you for two years. Right. So you go out here and you lose or else I got you for two years. Yeah. I, um, I, I do feel bad for Rich Swan though. He has been one of the best stories in, in, in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, between, you know, uh, WWE and, his fall from grace has come to impact his rebound. He's been a workhorse for this company. He overcame career threatening injury, won the title um, at bound for glory. Like just, he has this whole story, but this, 
this whole buildup and in the match, he was overshadowed and basically felt like an afterthought to Kenny Omega. And the fact that he took the pinfall when I think Chris Sabin easily could have yeah. lost the match and no damage would have been done to his credibility. Yeah. Um, that's a questionable booking choice in my mind. I don't, I don't get that. Unless this is going to be a long book to where, you know, Rich Swan has his redemption in the end. But I almost feel like you'd have to play it as Kenny Omega's this belt collector and he goes from promotion to promotion taking these belts. And then Rich Swan has got to come through each promotion and, and like draft the guys that Kenny beat, I think. That's assuming you can work with all these different companies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's we're entering very interesting territory here. Uh, Another uh, thing that I had heard this week, too, is AEW just applied for the trademark for uh, Battle of the Belts. Yeah, yeah, that's their next major event coming, or one of their major events coming, yeah. Battle of the Belts. I would assume that's going to be right around the same time as, as Survivor Series, but it'd probably be sooner than that. Uh, I think I think it'd be cool to have them do that Survivor Series where they'd have Impact and AEW wrestlers going against each other like Survivor Series started out. Because when Survivor Series started out, it was out of out of necessity, you know what I mean? Rivalry between companies and right. shit like that. So, so I th- I feel like that'd be a good place for it, but I I think it's going to be sooner than that. And regardless, I think that's going to be a fun show. If you have if you have champions for both AEW and Impact together, one super card, that would be awesome. But I just I don't want it to see it go the the WWE route where you just you know bury the other the other team. Kenny Omega is yeah. still the best wrestler in the world. And we can't take that away from him. He's better than Rich Swan. Well, yeah, he is better than Rich Swan, but he's not Kazuchika Okada. He's beat him. He's not uh, Tetsuya Naito. You know, I mean, there's there's guys probably better than him. AJ Styles is on par with him. Seth Rollins on par with him. Uh, But nonetheless, I just I. I just, I'm not saying that even Rich Swan should beat Kenny Omega. I'm just saying, why book it if that's the only right. option? Well, I do want Swan to beat him in the end. I do. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I just, for like, the time this, being, I think, I think we got to go with the plan. At like least me. This, this match, you had Omega and the Good Brothers, you know, beat down the baby faces pretty much the whole time in the lead into this pay-per-view. Which made you think that, you know, they were going to win. Obviously, you and I are smart enough to know that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's like, so then they, they lost the main event. It's like, yeah, you know, it raised the ratings for the wrestling world for a few weeks. Both AEW and Impact had higher ratings. But, you know, it's it, it levels off. They're going to get a one-time buy rate boost, Impact is, but it's not going to, you know, boost their next pay-per-view or their next pay-per-view. Especially when you have Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone on AEW every week talking shit about Impact. Um, which, God, Tony, uh, Tony Khan made another appearance on Impact this week. Yeah, with, uh, who he had with him? He had... Uh... Um, he was there with uh, 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 um, Lance Storm. 
And um, it's just like, Tony Khan, you have no charisma. Get away from the camera. I think I think that's the thing, though. Like, his character is no charisma, you know? He isn't he talks, a character. When, he literally just owns a company. He's not a wrestling character. But that's, that's the thing, though. It's like super 80s cheesy. He's obviously reading off a teleprompter and staring right into the camera. Like, he, he's like, oh, I got my buddy here. And he grabs him and shakes him, but he doesn't look at him at all. To me, that's that's all, like old school style, just what the fuck kind of promo work. And, yeah. and to me, it works. I, I've watched a fair watch few him. of Tony's uh, uh, press conferences after pay-per-views and such. And so I know that that's not who he is on yeah, a regular he's got basis. It there, but when yeah. he's got to be like on the show, yeah. he does not know how to portray a, a character. He's very just vanilla. I guess Lance Storm was the perfect person to be there with him. Because <laughs> can I be serious for a moment? Yeah, I don't know. He just, you know, you think about it, McMahon. He wasn't a character until the late nineties. Uh huh. So it took over a decade. Well, that's the thing too. Yeah, Tony said he didn't want to be a character, and then all of a sudden he is. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> you know, though, I, Eric Bischoff was running a company for a long time before he became a character. Even Dixie Carter, who was also a bad character, like she was at least running Impact for a good six, seven years before she became a character. It's like, Tony, yeah. stay behind the scenes. Just just all you got to do is write the checks. That's the only thing you should yeah, be doing right now. Tony's got Scott D'Amore and Don Callis to teach him the ropes. You know what I mean? I have faith that this is going to go good places. Oh, it's just, I think it's that's gonna take a while to get there. Don Callis and Scott D'Amore can. Two of the best character managers out there currently. I just wouldn't put them on there now, obviously, I don't think. But, you know, whatever. He should just be be writing the checks. That's all he needs to do. I just like that he comes out there cocky, like, oh, yeah, we've been buying all this ad space, and now we're here live tonight because I gotta be. (laughs) To me, that's that's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Lampooning the good old days. And to me, that, that, I don't know. For for a guy that, that was pretty much attitude era and on that that makes me happy inside. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All in all, I'd say this was a pretty damn good show. It was an easy watch. Um, probably an impact show that I'm willing to go back and watch again in its entirety at some point. Yeah, better one than they've had for quite a while, and a lot of it has to do with the uh, the AEW rub, the Kenny Omega rub, at least the Good Brothers. You know, you could tell they they were happy to be back in Impact. And now that they're playing with another friend of theirs, they just look happy. Like, it's not fake. They're just having fun. Yeah. I like that. I'd, I'd say and if there's any kind of criticism, maybe they just do need to, you know, everything's happening so fast. And this is all, like, very different from what we were looking at, you know, three three months ago. Right. And, and so maybe they all need to learn how to slow it down a little bit. Because if they rush this too much, it's going to be bad. Well, I know you disagree with me, but to me, I really feel like they're writing this week to week. I don't think they have an end game in mind, and they're just kind of they're throwing shit at the wall, and the stuff that sticks sticks, and the stuff that doesn't doesn't. And sometimes, I mean, you could get some great stuff from that. Yeah, yeah. But, but I you probably I, shouldn't stay at 90 miles an hour. No, I don't think you should. Yeah. Pump the brakes. Right now, we're on a good path. I want to keep a good path. My animals yeah. want each other dead. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, slow slow it down a little bit. Uh, maybe maybe think critically think about things because yeah, I I, I don't want to unnecessarily see superstars get buried for the sake of of glorifying AEW or even just at the sake of popping a, a rating or a buy rate this week or yeah. something, you know. Um. You know, you bring in you bring in people like Kenny Omega. You got to make sure that everybody on that same card is doing their best work. You know what I mean? Because if you like the first time he went to AEW and everybody tuned in, and then we got just a shitty episode of Impact. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has to be like on a. You got to make everybody look good in order for this to work right. Everybody has to look good. I mean, yeah, the, the main result should be to elevate everyone is what the end result should be. Mm-hmm. Um, pasty. Um, I beat you. I beat you this week. You did. Six you to did. four. I it could have close. still won if Moxley would have showed up, but it was oh. Cordona. The bastard. You know, fucking Cordona. He'll screw you. Um, I put the best match as a barbed wire masker. I honestly thought that was just amazing. What did you, what did you think? I picked Tommy Dreamer. No, I'm kidding. It was the fucking barbed wire master match. Uh, and for uh, my final grade, because I didn't give it 100% attention, that's more my fault than impacts. I'm giving it a B plus. And I'm going with an A minus. Um, I went back and forth on it. I almost gave it an A, but I honestly knocked it down some for the um, for the cinematic match. Just because you almost could have just done that on an impact. Um, I mean, it means more to Paige, I guess, to write him off if he is writing off on a pay-per-view, <laughs> so that's cool. It's going direct to YouTube. But, you know, you could have done it on the impact. You could have done – I could have done without the Cardona-Ace Austin match. Um, well, it wasn't a match. It was 2 minutes 30 seconds. It was Right. And then the questionable ending of the main event, so – it was just, um, I, I originally wanted to put it in A. I knocked it to an A minus, I think. Still solid. Still solid. Very B good show. A minus, solid. If you haven't watched it, it's still available to order on pay-per-view. Go watch it. Go fucking watch it. Impact uh, we'll is your love. And we'll pick support. up Impact Plus. Impact Plus is $15 a month. You know, just get it once to watch this and some of your old favorites. And Is it really more expensive than the WWE Network? I'm pretty sure. I mean, WWE Ooh. can afford to do ten dollars a month. Not, no other, <laughs> no other streaming service does it less than that. <laughs> it's uh, I got it's, Disney Plus for five bucks a month. What are you talking about? Well, that's not a wrestling. I got <laughs> wrestling you said no other streaming service. No, no other pro wrestling streaming <laughs> service. Okay, because none of them can afford it. Disney is obviously bigger than yeah. WWE. They can afford to make it cheaper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, I got to say at $15 a month compared to the $10 WWE Network, I would probably watch more Impact Plus than WWE Network. You know, I would at least for a good six months just to catch up on a lot of the old stuff and and things like that because, uh, uh, oh, you know what, Pasty? It is uh, $7.99 a month. Ooh, that's better than $9.99. Or you can pay uh, $71.99 for a full year. I like when companies take the Amazon Prime route and let you pay it a year up. Yeah, that's that's kind of nice. 
I didn't realize that. I might I might throw in uh I might throw in for a year of Impact Plus to be honest. It's definitely worth it. I think you can get it through Fight also if you want to order a Fight and then Fight you can get a lot of things through. Um either that or the Impact Plus is just through Fight maybe. I don't know. You know me, I don't know. <laughs> I will say something though. I went to a impact plus website and they show you what you get. And uh, they have a, a icon for pay-per-views. I love impact, but man, sometimes they really, they really dwell on the old, which I guess maybe it, it is good for marketing, but on their pay-per-view icons, there's only a, there's only three, um, three people on there. It's Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle, and Bobby Roode. None of them working for them. All of them, <laughs> Well, I guess Kurt and Hulk aren't with WWE, but, you know, all, yeah. Storm's back on Impact now as of this week, isn't he? Yes, yes. I don't, know that awesome. he, I don't know that he is uh, contracted or anything, but, yes, James Storm came in and teamed with Chris Sabin, you know, took two of the, the best tag teams of ye old and put them together um, in a match against uh, Private uh, private Party. Yes, Private Party. For a... Uh, to see who would Shot go on the tag to team titles, get the tag titles, which again, um, impact loss. Yeah, but AEW is not going to private party is not beating the good brothers. Probably not. But again, it's weird that they brought in AEW people just to, just to bury two guys whose names are synonymous with impact wrestling. And I, okay. No, they didn't bury them. But um, they yeah. they should have beat Private Party. I'll say that much. In a regular match, yes, I know the story is going somewhere, and yes, there's no way Private Party is going to beat the Good Brothers. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's snap into this week's edition of the Savage Sentinel, Fat Mac. It's a big beefy bastard. Yes. Yes, Pasty, uh, while appearing on this week's Football Daft podcast, old Tom Stoltman, the runner-up for 2020 World's Strongest Man competition, revealed WWE had invited him and his brother for a tryout while on tour in Germany. Stoltman revealed that Triple H has been the point of contact from the WWE for the two Scottish powerhouses. And, of course, ahead of his WWE Championship win over Randy Orton back in November... Drew McIntyre congratulated Stoltman for his performance in the World's Strongest Man event. The Stoltman brothers are regarded as the strongest siblings in the world, and they claim to be the strongest brothers to have ever lived. Well, they better wait in line behind us. I'm telling you. There's some big beefy (laughs) bastards, though. But Yeah, I think they're exactly what uh, Vince McMahon would like there, too. Big burly guys who will probably never learn to wrestle. Yes, just like but, the authors of Pain. But they're a gimmick, and they're brothers. Or, uh, who before them? Uh, the the painted road warrior wannabes. Oh, they were really good. What were they called? The Ascension. There you go. They were good up until they went to the main roster. They could, <laughs> yeah. they could wrestle, though. Yes, they could. Until they went to the main roster. And then they just weren't allowed on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in other news, AEW has filed to trademark two sweet 
on January 14th for merchandise and general pro wrestling use. The following use descriptions were filed for the USPTO, United States Patent and Trademark Office. Bandanas, hats, headwear, pants, shirts, socks, sweatshirts, undergarments, jackets, t-shirts. Made famous by the Click and NWO, the two-sweet term and hand gesture has been used by various pro wrestlers over the years, including AEW VPs, the Young Bucks. I just love that we're finding out now that WWE never sent them a cease and desist over it. <laughs> right. That's I, the I best slow burn in wrestling history. I love that they're like the fifth wrestling company to try to trademark it and no they're never gonna get it What's, it's there's no point in owning it it belongs to wrestling in general exactly it's kind of like um uh gene simmons i actually i think we've talked about this in the past with uh i don't know if it was impact or some or wwe but it's like like jim simmons tried to tried to copyright the, the, the rock, devil horns rock or rock on, yeah. on or whatever you want to call it and it's like you just can't you just because it's just the world owns it, you know? Right. Yeah. The, the bloods Plus, don't own the hand sign. Yeah. yeah. And there's, and there's too many, there's too many wrestlers that have claims to it in various promotions. Yeah. You know, you got people as far back as now Kevin Nash said he didn't care if they used it. Right. He said he doesn't care if they used it. He didn't say he didn't care if they were making right. money off of it though. Right. Yeah. That's, a, that's a whole different thing, you know? And Paul Levesque is is a, a higher up in WWE. He has claim to it. Um, you know, AJ Styles, you could say, has claim to it. Hulk Hogan has claim to it. Yeah. Good Brothers have claim to it. And even all of the Bullet Club members right now in New Japan have claim to it. Bad Luck Fale, the Tongas, Switchblade, Jay White. It's like... Well, if any, if, if if there's anything that can be certain, all of these individuals can agree on the fact that two sweet ladies' underwear need to be a thing that exists. I agree. <laughs> that should be the only one. <laughs> Everything else can go. I think we can we can have the the ladies' undergarments. <laughs> I like it. Actually, I want I want some men's speedos that have it where the uh, <laughs> the wolf the wolf snout is where, yeah. the, where the wang is. So it's kind of yeah. like, yeah. <clears throat> well, pasty, even though there is a lot of shortage in our Sentinel this week, we got a decent amount of comings and goings um, and a lot more comings than goings, to be honest. That's always was, good news. That is very good. And we're starting out on this past Wednesday's MLW fusion. Sean Davari made his in-ring Woo-hoo! debut wrestling in the middleweight division as Contra's newest member and joining in on the attack on Injustice. Davari, of course, worked for WWE from 2004 to 2007 and making sporadic appearances in the years following. More recently, he wrestled at this month's Impact Genesis in the Super X Cup, where he lost to Cousin Jake in the first round. Yes, yes. And then on the Chris Van Vliet show, ODB confirmed she is returning to Impact Wrestling, saying Impact called me, and that's the cool thing about stuff. That's the cool thing about stuff, baby. I've never burnt a bridge in wrestling. Yeah, we've all had our bad moments and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, When you want to tell everyone to go F themselves and stuff. But Impact was awesome and stuff. TNA was my home and stuff, and they buzzed me, and I'm like, and stuff. Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Here we go and stuff. 
But there they were like, hey, do you want to come back and do some stuff? <laughs> and possibly bring your food truck? <laughs> we'll sell some Impact brand pizzas. Rich, she's going to be the new catering in Impact is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Not really going to wrestle. She ain't going to be wrestling. <laughs> So that's my ultimate goal to actually drive my ODB's meet and greet into a stadium and kick some ass. ODB wrestles from TNA and TNA from 2007 to 2014 and made some sporadic appearances for impact in the following years. I love me some ODB. She would be a great asset in uh, yes. impact wrestling. She's, you know, impacts doing an awesome job of, of, building up their young up and comers and having some of these great veterans return, such as jazz jazz is back and jazz is just kicking ass. Yes. But I, I don't think jazz is ever going to win the knockouts championship. And I think she's, she's elevating those around her and it's just, it's awesome. I, I love it. I love seeing this. And I, I'm just a huge fan of ODB and her gimmick and everything. Yes. This also has me thinking that potentially Impact is looking to do some like summer outdoor festivals or or at least when the weather warms up, having more outside shows because having her food truck there would make so much sense. Right. And with the pandemic, that's more of an option at this point. So maybe we can get a Hulk Hogan food truck out there, too. Brother, he's going to get the it's a spicy. (laughs) It's a spicy. Uh well, Pasty, WWE and Fox Sports have announced a special edition of WWE Backstage on Fox Sports 1, which will air during Royal Rumble weekend. Didn't they cancel that show? They did. That's why it's a special edition. The Christmas special. Pay attention? Um, <laughs> it's going to air on Saturday, January 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1. A replay will air later that night at midnight, and another replay will air at 5 p.m. Eastern on Royal Rumble Sunday as a lead-in to the Royal Rumble kickoff pre-show. So it's a pre-show oh, for the pre-show. Yuck. <laughs> the and it's a stale show that's been aired two other times before that. <laughs> the special edition of WWE Backstage will be highlighted, though, Pacey, which is interesting, by the return of Renee Young, as well as Paige and Booker T. Huh. 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 I mean, it's Fox paying them, but yeah, and and uh, you know, I'm sure it's yeah, a one-off. Probably getting their th- third-party price out of page for it, right? <laughs> it's a one-off, but it's still interesting that I I think it's interesting just to know that it, it looks like Renee Young and WWE have no ill will towards each other, no burnt bridges and yeah. stuff, as ODB would say. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, especially since news broke this week that she she wouldn't. She wouldn't not consider working for AEW. I know. So that's probably you, why they called her up. Like, hey, not consider it. Hey, remember WWE backstage? You want to come back and do a Star Wars Christmas special? We'll have Booker <laughs> T watching VR porn. It's great, huh? It's great. It's so good. WWE has officially announced they have signed three new wrestlers to its NXT roster. Priscilla Kelly, Lacey Ryan, and Elena Black. They have also announced all three will receive new ring names now that they are members of the WWE roster. Because now they're back into doing that after not doing that, and then they were doing that, and then they weren't doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, pasty one of them coming in, as you mentioned, the 23-year-old Priscilla Kelly. She's previously wrestled in the second edition of the May Young Classic in WWE. 
She was eliminated by current knockouts champion Deanna Perrazzo in the first round, though. Kelly has also wrestled with AEW when she was in the Casino Battle Royal at All Out in 2019 and also wrestled a couple of matches on the Jericho Cruise in early 2020. She will now be going by the name Gigi Dolan. What a dumb name. <laughs> when, and Priscilla Kelly is just a, such a cool name. And, yeah, and a it is. It, really and, is. it makes sense you wouldn't want to give it to WWE, though. Right. But Gigi Dolan's not very good. Mm-hmm. And then when they shorten it down, either way, you're fucked. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess I like uh, Gigi isn't bad if it's just Gigi, I guess. Gigi Dolan, I don't like. Yeah. I still, I'd prefer Priscilla or Kelly over Gigi, but. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Lacey Ryan has been wrestling for several independent promotions the last few years. She's a former FSW women's champion with future stars of wrestling promotion based out of the Las Vegas area. Ryan has also performed on UWN live shows on Impact Plus in recent months, as well as OVW Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and Shimmer. And she will be now known as Zoe Stark. I like that name. Is she going to have an Iron Man outfit? I hope not, but I like Zoe. Is she going to be Stark naked? I doubt it. But I like Zoe. It's better than Gigi Dolan. Very much. And then we got Elena Black, who has only been in the business about two years, pasty, but she's already wrestled a couple of matches on AEW Dark previously. Black has also performed in GCW Game Changer Wrestling pay-per-views, Warrior Wrestling shows in Chicago, Shimmer, and UWN. Black will now be going by the name Cora Jade, which to me is about a, a lateral. I love Elena Black as a name. Cora Jade actually sounds cool. Yeah, but it also sounds like a lot of women's wrestlers that aren't in WWE. I feel like that's, I don't know. I feel like there's other Jades though, isn't there? Like who? I I can't, I can't right now, but I I just, I feel. Mia Yim Yim was called Jade in uh, Impact Wrestling, but now she's in WWE. As Mia Yim, her name, she got to keep hers. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, but yes. What a tangled web we weave. It's uh, it, it always makes me think of what so many people have said, where Vince McMahon's mood or his idea or what he decides is usually just based on if he's eaten that day or what right. he's eaten that day or if yeah. he's. It's like it's just so he. Nobody knows what he's doing. Somebody offered him a burrito. <laughs> What's that? Or was it a chimichanga? I don't remember. It was a burrito. burrito. Yeah, the burrito Which pissed him off. Really weird. <laughs> like, okay. Dude's never had a burrito. <laughs> Why is it phallic? <laughs> That's great. Oh, what's not great is injuries, but we have to report them, Fat Mac. And luckily, we only got one, and it's a... Uh... It's not career ending. No. Because the career's over. Yeah. (laughs) Former Divas champion Michelle McCool announced on her Instagram that she has tested positive for COVID-19. Hmm. (laughs) Legends night, perhaps? (laughs) Perhaps. Remember what I said last week, because I didn't forget. (laughs) (sighs) The 40-year-old says she thought she just had allergies, but then tested positive for the virus. 
McCool also stated her symptoms are mild and nobody else in her home has tested positive for the virus. McCool has one child with her husband, The Undertaker. It appears from her post that the couple's daughter has built a large six-foot COVID communication telephone for use in the home out of wrapping paper tubes. And folks, if you haven't seen this picture, it's just a darbs. I bet it is. Look it up. She's just a darbs. She's talking to her mom through 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 wrapping paper tubes. <laughs> Which is actually the worst thing yeah, you can do. Yeah, the virus is going to come through. Just shooting it straight in there. <laughs> but, you know. walked right up to it. <laughs> but it's still cute, you know. <laughs> it's, it's still cute. I just, you know. <laughs> children you just gotta love them right it's like okay i'll stay six feet away but i'm gonna build a tunnel that will that'll send the virus directly into my mouth <laughs> with parents like michelle mccool and mark calloway i mean could you really expect better <laughs> you're lucky she's social distancing at all yeah, yeah i'm yeah. looking at you mark. Exist, right it's all it's a it's fake. What a, what a fucking way to start the interview with the first three seconds of the Joe Rogan podcast. Maybe want to shut it off. I listened longer and I, I'm kind of glad I did because they didn't really bitch about it so much, but it was very, once again, I like the undertaker, the character, the undertaker, but Mark is not my kind of person. He most definitely is not. He is. No. Uh, he's part of the problem. Yes. And you know, it's all well and good when you're already dead. You don't have to worry about the virus. But God damn it, there's no customer living that have to, Undertaker. I'm telling you. What are you worried about being dead about? <laughs> I've been dead for 35 years. The best thing that happened to my career. <laughs> you're all just soft. <laughs> now, now, excuse me, I've got a... Go put on my mascara for my next Saudi Arabia appearance. <laughs> yeah. Leave it to the undertaker to talk about soft, prancy fucking showy moves. When he has the fucking old school, that move does nothing to nobody ever. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's, and it's a hundred percent based on your opponent letting you do it to them because yeah. a slight shake they can take you off the rope. I mean, just a slight shake. It's a good thing he was the most respected man in the locker room, huh? Oh, yeah. People would have fucked him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if that had been Enzo Amore, he'd have fell down a few times. <laughs> no, I haven't got through the whole podcast yet because they sat down for like an hour and a half. Right. Uh, but I did listen to a good portion of it. I mean... He just sounds like an old crabby dude, oh, which is yeah. not what I wanted out of Undertaker after, you know, this was all said and done, but it's what he is though. Yeah. It's what he is. Just hurts me. It just hurts me. I know. I know pasty, <laughs> but it is what it is. <sighs> With that being said, pasty, um, Again, as uh, Pasty said, facebook.com forward slash beefsticks podcast. Let us know how the new how the new service is running, How what you think of it. Is, is there any difference? Is it better? Is it worse? What did you think of Impact Hard to Kill? What did you think of uh, Undertaker not believing in the coronavirus? What do you think of the Bernie, the, the Bernie memes? They're pretty awesome, aren't they? Oh, those Bernie memes are great. Um, I love those mittens. I just, I love them. Yeah, but I feel bad for the three little kittens that lost them. 
But with that being said, Pacey, I am Fat Mac. And you already said my name. Yes. Love, spread it like cancer. Snap out of it.